Hello, and welcome to the EuroWhat, episode number 75 for the week of February 3rd, 2020. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week, we'll be talking about our picks for Australia and Latvia. How's it going, Ben? Uh, it's good here. It's a weirdly warm week in February, mm. uh, but I- I'm into it. And I'm ready to discuss some Eurovision as to focusing on the political climate at large. Yes, yes. It's uh, <laughs> voting is so much more fun when uh, the outcomes aren't so dire. There's just been so much organizational stuff that has happened in the last week. Well, in the last week and in like the last eight hours in particular. It feels mm-hmm. like we've got more songs now. Uh, the videos for uh, my top four will be popping up uh, at any moment. I was already seeing my top twos and I was just like, calm down. There were people putting my top one videos uh, after Albania selected. So uh, <laughs> got to get those YouTube clicks, you know, <laughs> Gotta get those advertising dollars. I mean, the main organizational bit that, that I think you and I were excited about in the last week or so was that we have actual allocation details. So after... Yeah. After having fun a week ago, just being like, ha-ha! So we now know who is in what semifinal, who is voting in what semifinal, and so many bingo balls were done. Mm-hmm. I really liked the Dutch presentation of them. Like, admittedly, it's a lot of logistics. It was interesting this year because they did change up the process a little bit by having five bowls instead of six, which didn't seem like a big deal until like the last round of drawing that they had to do where there were still slots in both semifinals that needed to be allocated. And it's like, oh, I didn't do the math on that ahead of time. And that's a interesting wrinkle that they uh, had to work around. I'm really excited with how this allocation shook up. Mm-hmm. And that, like, I like our, I like our hosting team because mm-hmm. they hosted this and like, it feels like, okay, good. We're in professional hands. Everything is just running so smoothly that it's good news, I hope. The two main takeaways, so who is voting when? Uh, so in semifinal one, Italy, the Netherlands, and Germany will be voting for the big six. And in semifinal two, France, the United Kingdom, and Spain will be voting. Semifinal one feels stacked. Oh my goodness, yes. But it also, I don't know, I feel like we say that every year that semifinal one looks really stacked, or semifinal two looks really stacked. There are plenty of nations who could still send a wet fart at this point and... <laughs> just like there could be enough where it's like oh wow we thought that was gonna be so competitive but there are only five good songs true like because i th- i think that sort of happened in 2018 where we were just like oh the first semifinal is so stacked because it has azerbaijan and greece and like neither of them qualified but it's really more the second semifinal that i'm fascinated by just because there's just a lot of countries that were kind of lost in the wilderness the last few years like of all Mm -hmm. there are 18 countries in the second semifinal of those 18 countries the only one that has been at the grand final the last three years is denmark oh wow i hadn't thought about that yeah and eight of those countries did not qualify last year so they're hungry and Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. it's just it's just it feels like such a wild card and I find that very exciting. And well, yeah, because like it felt, so it did feel fun. like all the heavy hitters that you would kind of expect ended up in semifinal one. Like your your Sweden is there, uh, your Cyprus is there, Azerbaijan is there. All yeah. all of the all of the big guns are kind yeah. of in semifinal one. They're going to have to duke it out for ten slots. And semifinal two, we have all of these nations that have again kind of gotten a little lost in the mix. Yeah, like you've got San Marino and Latvia and Armenia, and it's just going to be. 
really up for grabs, which good bingo draw, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. it, 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 it's always sad to see like a sacrificial lamb ending up in the first semifinal, but it really feels like it could be anybody's game this year. Granted, we have so few songs at this point yeah, and like granted, a lot of information. It's February. But, yeah. Uh, it's February. We are at a point where we have passed one song a day if songs came out one per day. Mm-hmm. As is the case this week, they will not. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm not looking forward to March 8th, let me tell you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm so tired already. I'm just making uh, the bracket now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it may be a full 64 teams. Yes. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, once the uh, allocation was done, that means the next logical step would be to go to another round of ticket sales, which happened this past Thursday. And uh, this this one was the big sale. All of the remaining tickets uh, were made available. There's still going to be a third wave once they do all of their camera blocking and figure out how many extra seats may be available once all the stage plans are in place. But... It didn't feel like as much of a feeding frenzy as the first round, but it was still kind of intense for 5.15 in the morning, at least my time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like, well, yeah, 6.15 my time. It was just like, cool, I'm just going to read a book. Mm-hmm. Ticket sales were open longer than I expected them to be, especially after the first round. But, like, the first round, like we discussed, is mostly load testing. Mm-hmm. And for all we know, like, five tickets were sold. I found this ticket process to be less cumbersome than the uh, previous two processes that I've been part of, which was uh, Portugal and Ukraine. What I didn't care for was the robot test that happened in <laughs> yes. every single tab that I had open. And, like, I oh, had multiple yeah, no. browsers well, like, and multiple All of tabs. them, for me, opened up, like, 45 seconds before things were going live or just, like, over one tab and the next and the next would just be like hello can you identify all the sidewalks can you identify all the stop signs can you identify all of the cars Mm -hmm. yeah and for whatever reason like they didn't load simultaneously on mine so it was a little bit of a game of whack-a-mole like between the different browsers okay oh this one loaded oh wait now this one and it was just uh that was it was really kind of added an element of nerve-wracking that mine all loaded uh, within quick succession of one another it was just like a panicked 45 seconds of oh god yeah. <laughs> do I remember what a palm tree looks like? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do give myself credit. I think there was only one where I did miss like a stoplight or a motorcycle. Oh, I like, absolutely was... failed like three of them. Out of oh, 16. really? Ugh. Yeah. Oh, geez. Yeah. Just, just but... full panic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it really was a nifty system. I really like how they've broken out the queues to the individual events because uh, previously it would just be oh you just get into the queue for semifinal one and that covers like all of the like jury rehearsals family shows and you're just in queue for that section whereas it's now they have individual queues for each of the shows and i think that's a smarter system or at least it seems to be working for this uh although it does kind of I don't know, multiply the disappointment when you finally get in and then see that everything is sold out, which happened to me uh, a couple mm-hmm. of times. So <laughs> I do like that they did that, even if it did mean that it greatly multiplied the number of tabs we collectively had open. Uh, no word yet on when the third wave is supposed to happen, but uh, I had I had seen March sometime, but I think that that's makes all sense. That we know. Yeah, because uh, they, they have to turn in their staging plans uh, along with their song uh, on the March 9th deadline. So it'll probably be toward the end of March, possibly early April, just depending on how uh, how the mapping for all of this goes. So. Mm-hmm. 
Also on Thursday, Spain released their song. So we now know what Blas Canto will be singing. He's going to be singing Universo. We're going to get the first live performance of that on Operacion Triunfo on Sunday. Have you listened to the song, Mike? I've listened to it a couple of times. Like, I listened to it on Thursday after it dropped, and I might not have been in the right mindset for that just because it was a very early morning for me, and mm-hmm. uh, it didn't really grab me right away, but I've been going back to it, and it, it's starting to kind of grow on me. I, I'm, I'm really curious what this live performance is going to be like i think that's going to be the make or break uh for me yes Uh, because like my main thing is i've listened to it a few times and like the second it's done it immediately leaves my head mm -hmm. yeah that that that's what happened to me on thursday but uh yeah like listening to it right uh, right before we recorded there there are elements here that i'm i'm liking and it, it may just be a slow build which would work in spain's favor where it's just like if this song really reaches its I don't want to say saturation point because I don't think you want to be at saturation before Eurovision. Mm. But if it's approaching saturation by the time May rolls around, maybe they won't finish in 23rd place? Question mark? I don't know. I don't don't know. This one has like big 19th to 23rd place energy to me. But we'll see. Yeah. Right now it is in my top three. So... Also in my top three list is uh, the winner of the Czech Republic selection. They had a press conference, concert, live stream thing uh, Monday morning uh, U.S. time to uh, reveal who won the Czech selection. So uh, the way it worked was there was an uh, international jury of 10 Eurovision alumni uh, from all over Europe. And uh, the international public vote, uh, so if you voted on the Eurovision app and you were outside the Czech Republic, you your vote went towards that uh, juror's score. Ben, did you end up voting in this? I did. Which one did you vote for? I gave a vote to Ogla Nova. Oh, did I did too. Not a ton. Well, she was near the bottom. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, unfortunate. I mean, it was, like we said last week, like, any one of these songs any would, these be, would be a good. viable contender. Yeah, yeah. The winner of the like uh, international public vote uh, was We All Poop, um, which... <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. Guys, um, come on. Uh, but the overall jury winner was Barbara Machoa, which I was really excited about until the mm-hmm. public vote came in, and she came in last in the public vote. And rude. I thought that was rather rude, yes. <laughs> We All Poop ended up uh, finishing fourth overall. Like, they won the international public vote, and they were third with the Czech public. Barbara Machoa came in third, and then uh, Wanna Be Like uh, was second with the public and third with the jury, and that was good enough to finish uh, second overall. But the winner was Benny Cristo and his song, K Mama. I wasn't born like that. I just worked like that. 24-7. I think I was a little bit harsh last week in saying that this one was kind of bland because the more I listen to this one, like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited by this now because it's not something we've heard at Eurovision before. 
Mm-hmm. And I think it does have a lot of potential. Yeah. Like uh, like I said last week, this one has so many staging options. And like Czech Republic has been doing such a fantastic job with staging the last couple of years. that, mm-hmm. And they are one of the countries in the second semifinal. So they... They could be establishing themselves as a uh, powerhouse. Uh, yeah, like they are. They, they yeah, like they are well right. positioned. I think mm-hmm. the presentation that they did this morning, I really, really enjoyed. Like it started out with uh, Lake Malawi uh, performing a couple of songs, and then host came out on stage. It, it looked like they were in like a bar or a coffee house or uh, some something like that, and yeah, just had this really kind of relaxed vibe to it the host came out interviewed all of the contestants and martina barta who represented czech republic in 2017 came out and did a couple of songs and then they uh like went into the voting and there were just these sort of skype clips from all the jurors delivering their 12 points and yeah it was just really straightforward at one point uh they were passing out bottles of wine and it's just like ah oh, i wish every selection just had like wine getting passed out that'd be great it, it, it was just so relaxed and chill and yeah just kind of wanted to be there it was <laughs> oh, yeah no look it seemed like a very yeah like, i really liked the vibe because i was watching the sound off mm-hmm. over over my lunch break and i was like yeah no i like the vibe here i know that they really wanted to do a televised final this year but I think this format is really working for them, and mm-hmm. if they get a really good result this year, I don't know why they should necessarily try to fix what's not broken. Mm-hmm. So I know that um, yeah, I know their head of delegation like left over not having like a full televised final, but on the other hand, it's working for them. Yeah, good job, Czech Republic. Good luck uh, this year. I I think I think you're setting yourselves up very nicely. Let's see. And then so it's finally been confirmed that, yes, Greece is sending Stefania. It feels like it's been an open secret for like a couple weeks now mm-hmm. that Greece is sending Stefania. But it was confirmed today that they are sending Stefania. And it was also confirmed that she'll be singing a song titled Supergirl, which is in all caps. Of course. And it's, yeah. And also has an exclamation point instead of an I. So it's Super G exclamation point RL. Superg. Which, Oh, yeah. Well. All right. Super. Uh, yeah. Please stop yelling. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. It, hey, it could have gone to Victoria. Me, it, so. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It immediately made me think of sisters or S exclamation point stirs from Germany last year. Anyways, uh, the team behind Supergirl is the team behind Scream from last year, uh, where the exclamation point was merely implied. Yes. Uh, and also the creative director for Greece in 2004, 2005, and Russia in 2008. Yes, and two of those were winning performances. So, yes. uh, yeah, Gre- Greece is here to play, I think. Uh- Gre- Greece <laughs> has has rooted around in the couch and found some money, it seems. Mm-hmm. Or somebody has, has ponied up uh, for this. Mm. Anyways, more about Stefania, because that's who we are here to talk about today. Uh, Stefania is not new to this. She competed at junior eurovision in 2016 as part of the dutch girl group kisses because she lives in rotterdam has a real easy commute for this year's competition nice oh and then she also competed on the voice kids because that's just the thing eurovision people do now yep yeah uh, i mean it's it sounds like she's hit all of the basic check boxes of the eurovision youngster resume uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's all that's happened on the day that we're recording and yes. uh and there was stuff that happened over the weekend too yes the so. weekend was also busy yeah. Number one in my watching this weekend was Lithuania, who is finally onto the semifinals of their selection process. And this one felt like it had like a bunch of the, the faves in this semifinal. I was so impressed with the lineup of the semifinal. Like once it got to the fifth act, it's like, oh, wait, now we're getting to the point where one of these is possibly getting cut. And mm-hmm. yeah, like I, I don't think there was a dud in the bunch. 
there were some interesting choices. Like everybody oh, yeah. had clearly had some time to to rethink their staging and mm-hmm. to try some new things. And this is one where I really wish that I understood the Lithuanian better, just so I could could understand what the comments appearing on screen are and how they relate to the judges and how they relate to everything else that's going on. Mm-hmm. But no, it was interesting to see people play around with stuff like uh, Kyra uh, mm-hmm. went full clown makeup, which I did not like at all. But that's just that's just a me not liking clowns thing. I like that she was trying out some new stuff. I don't think it was as successful or as fun as her qualifying heat performance, but I it still love Alligator. It pivoted things uh, from like fun to like weirdly sinister. Mm-hmm. The Roop were trying out some new styling. Uh, Ayiste was doing the sa- the exact same staging for for her song, which that like I said this on Twitter over the weekend. That song is very clearly a Thomas G. Son song, and it's not even a good one. I just so unhappy about that she won the heat which uh i am she shouldn't have like if, like she was tied with the roop and like the roop had twice as many votes from the yeah. public as her and like honestly that should be the determinant of when you're tied it should be what the people want she dominated the jury she had i th- think it was 56 points and like yeah. to get to 56 points that's at least three jurors giving 12s for that performance and it's like are you kidding kidding me like after everything else in that semifinal yeah ruta loop had like a full thought to her stage presentation with camera angles and not just like 20 lights on stage yeah an amazing choreography at the end of that performance and Mm -hmm. so many of the songs had a point of view and unbreakable just does not have a point of view it's like the safest your vision it doesn't have one point of view it has seven of them yeah, it's just like, ugh. It just makes me mad. That said, the one thing that I did, uh, that I felt very disappointed by, uh, so I had grown really fond of Gabrielus Vangelis's song from the mm-hmm. first time he appeared, and admittedly, he did take notes on the fashion. The fashion was, was interesting, but I found myself very much missing the, the pajama-man-bun combo, because, like, I did not think that, like junior prom was a theme <laughs> like like it just felt very it just felt very junior spring formal in the, in the dress of all of, of him and all of his people mixed with can i speak to the manager hair yeah <laughs> on one hand i respect that he took the notes on the other hand he generated an entirely new set of notes like he fixed everything that we thought was wrong with like the the, the socks and the trainers and the shorts it's just like okay no that that's not it's just not a great look but then but also please bring it back because this is bad this is like somebody went into the pabondum is now video game and hit the randomize button for their player Mm-hmm. I was kind of hopeful that if he did advance, that he would just have like a full blown Rachel. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, you, you mentioned final, that he had like so. two weeks to grow a full Rachel, and I was like, yes, please. I feel like the styling choice and the presentation choices choices directly led to him placing last. Yeah, yeah, because it was hard to get past. Which is unfortunate. Cause, I mean, it was a really good song, but that song uh, is really good. On the plus side, he has an album that song is from, and it's all very good. Awesome. Dive into that and. Don't think about what we saw on Saturday. Looking ahead to this weekend, there were nine competitors, but now there are eight because Yevgena Redko had to withdraw due to a hernia. Oof. Best yeah. of luck. Please try out next year. What Lithuania is doing is very good, uh, but also good on Lithuania for not replacing her mm-hmm. and just saying, no, we, we qualified these entries. We're going to do these entries because in past years, they have not done that. It's going to be a competitive enough field with the eight that are remaining. Like it, it's Exactly. Yeah. Lithuania is doing such a good job this year. Please, please don't ruin it all by sending Unbreakable. <laughs> like, yeah, I am please, so worried that that is so going good, to end up winning. And like, 
Yeah, like there are you have so many other entries that are better than Unbreakable. Don't just send that just because it sounds like a Eurovision thing. You're you're better than this Lithuania. So while I was watching that, you were watching Norway, Mike. How is Norway doing? <sighs> Speaking of, you're better than this. Um... <laughs> I just remember being so excited three weeks ago about the we were gonna get, we were gonna get more Norway. Yeah, but I just want this process to be done. Like I'm just the emoji of dismay is just mm-hmm. what's on my heart right now. <laughs> it's. Once again, it was like four songs where it just felt very obvious which one of the four was going to end up winning because it's the only one that was really fully conceived, I guess. Mm-hmm. Having gone back and watched all of them, yes. The winner of this heat was uh, Magnus Balkan's uh, Over the Sea, uh, which was written by two Eurovision alumni. It was Alexander Reebok and Joust. Yes. Two rather accomplished Euro- Eurovision acts. And it's kind of like, but two were just like, huh. That's an interesting collaboration. I wonder how this is going to work. I don't understand most Norwegian, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I did hear Alexander Reebok and Joust. I'm like, oh, it's cool that they're in the audience. Oh, yeah. it's cool that they're sitting next to one another. Mm-hmm. Oh, did they write this? The whole th- performance had kind of a seeing off the Titanic theme uh, that, about that, it. That was my exact note for what, this, what it looked like. It was fine. It, it felt a little half-baked sounds harsh, but... yeah. Like, it, it, it's just, like, it's a hook and a concept, but they're not really fully developed yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but well, yeah, it was it good It feels enough. like the production person yeah. just heard the song and was like, oh, cool, sea shanties. Yes, I know exactly. exactly. Let, let's lean into this. And it's like, no, but there's like a weird, there's like a electro bat beat to it eventually. You don't have to just stage it like it's a period piece. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stage it like a period piece they did, and it was up against the one that was staged like a circus piece, uh, which circus just seems like a theme that does not do well at Eurovision. No. It was pretty obvious which one was going to win that heat. And then uh, the other heat was against the was uh, with the Nordic tenors uh, versus uh, Hegia Birk, who was dressed like a radioactive starfish. Yeah, that's that's a good approximation. Yeah, I, I was trying to find which Pokemon was the best match for that. Uh, and I think it was, I don't really know Pokemon. Is it like Gurlick or Gurgay or something like that? <laughs> I have a it's, friend I can check on this. Yeah, Gur- Gurlag? I don't know. It was just something that was just very pointy. And I'm just now picturing a, 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 an old '90s Pokemon commercial. Like, Who's that Pokemon? Pong. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was trying. I was trying to find that to tweet it out on Saturday, and it was just like, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so probably for the best. But the one with the interesting costume did not win. Boo! In fa- in fairness, I listened to that song, and the costume was doing most of the work. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. but still, yeah. in, a, in a just world, we would have a second chance round with Pong and with How About Mars. Yeah, yeah. Or, uh, like, one of those would be the one going to Eurovision. It's like, see, this is this is what we're here for. But uh, that was not mm-hmm. to be. Instead, uh, Nordic Tenors won that battle with a song that just reminded me of Somewhere Out There from An American Tale. And then I realized, oh, wait, this is the, like, the Western province final for the contest. And it's like, oh, it's a Norwegian tale. Five old goes vest. And <laughs> uh, just just with the whole, like, what, what the final battle was in this mm-hmm. one. And it's just like, ugh. This is just not what I wanted to sign up for. And it was also just mm-hmm. like, can I, I just want to watch Lithuania. Like, I know there's mm-hmm. interesting stuff happening <laughs> over there. Just interesting things are happening over there and good yeah. staging. Yeah. Yeah. And like, really, I was like switching back and forth. I just had this 
overly elaborate setup uh, with a couple of computers and like my TV and Bluetooth and just all all the stuff going on. It's like I just want to make sure I'm not missing like something that I'm actually going to enjoy. So there's one more qualifying heat uh, coming up this week, and then and then we're never going to do this again. Uh, I don't know. Like I I, I don't, I don't know. know what the ratings have been for them, but yeah. And then there's the grand final with the ten songs, and I mean the grand final at least is shaping up to. It should be interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. I I don't feel like uh any of the songs that have won the heat were the wrong song to advance from that heat, but at the same time, it's just like why are we going through this whole process when it's just like it, it just feels we could we could have cut out the middleman on this one yeah no like this, this entire process has now just felt like learning we, we have learned a lesson that you know what sometimes there is too much of a good thing and it's a mediocre thing and it's a shame too because like norway is usually one of my go-tos for just mm-hmm. like norway ha- yeah there usually has some interesting stuff and we are just slowly learning that oh they're very good at selecting the stuff to show us yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh, like normally they we are spoiled for choice. And it's like, oh, now we're like spoiled with choice paralysis. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, well. Elsewhere in the Nordic nations, Norway had mentioned that they were doing this more expanded process because it's their 60th time they're doing this. Mm-hmm. Uh, guess who the other who else is 60th time this is doing this and they're not doing anything special for it? Sweden. Oh. It, this is the 60th Melfest as well. And wow. all that Sweden is doing is they're doing a Melfest Hall of Fame, which has rightly elected Digaloo Digalay as one of the songs, as well as Heroes. They have explicitly stated that if you win Eurovision for Sweden, you are in the Hall of Fame now. Okay, yeah, because it's just which, like, really? Water, Waterloo's not on this list? Or like... <laughs> they have five more weeks. Yeah, Waterloo yeah. is in there. Anyways, so this week we were in Linköping in a hockey arena. Last week we talked about being, feeling like a very stacked set of competitors. And I had a hunch that all of the the previous Eurovision people were going to go through, and that was largely correct. Through to the finals, we have the Mamas, who were John Lundvik's backup singers last year, which I liked their song this year. Like, it, yeah. it, it, it was a good opener. I liked them. Uh, Robin Bankson make it, made it through. Even though I went on, like, a full mini rant a few weeks ago about how he should just sit down and not do Melfest, mm-hmm. his song was very catchy, and it was a different vibe than his last one. True. And, and like, I just watched a lot of Swedish people get very excited about the trains in London, and I was just like, I don't get this at all. Yeah. <laughs> Going to through to the second chance round are Malu Pritz and Ballerina and Felix Sandman and uh, Boys with Emotions, which I went on, like, a, speaking of Boys with Emotions, I went on a full emotional journey during all of Final One. Oh, really? Uh, but for... Yeah, which we can get to that, but first let's talk about Malu Preet for like a for like a hot second because uh-huh. we should do that as well. Because last year she had a very fun song that mm-hmm. felt very appropriate, and this year Thomas Gson is trying to make her see it, and I do not approve. I think she sang the song well for what it is, but having a dancer in it that is not a ballet dancer, or at least yeah, not like if you're going to go with anything, the creepy twin yeah. thing, at least put the creepy twin on point shoes. Right, yeah. So it's just like just just from an imagery standpoint, it's like you're yeah, like kind of missing I like the obvious I, I'm here. not a creative professional. I don't do this, but also I know that if the song's titled Ballerina, I'd better see someone in a tutu in three minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, enough about that. Let's talk about Boys with Emotions. So they do a thing with Melfest that I think is bad because good pop songs you absolutely should not read the lyrics because they're just garbage. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and but they do that every week for Melfest. It's like it'll be like Wednesday in the big all the lyrics are out for the week. And like a fool every time I read them, even though they're uh, bad and without the music, they make no sense. Mm-hmm. And like with Boys with Emotions, the lyrics, I'm like, this is surprisingly direct. This is actually about what I expected for this. An interesting thing they are doing this year is in the lead up packages, instead of doing like the standard B-roll footage of the artist getting ready, they have the songwriters talking, which 
Admittedly, it is a songwriting competition, so it's very interesting to see that. The writers of Boys with Emotions are high on their own supply about how much of a difference they're going to make with this song. <laughs> was that the one written by the guy whose last name was Ferrari? I don't know, but it was the one where, like, all the people were talking in English. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, <sighs> everybody was just like, we're going to make such a big difference with this song. This this is our best work. And then the song started, and it was garbage. I was I, I baffled by it, that performance. It Yeah, I was baffled by the performance. Uh, the song sounds like something that Justin Bieber would have made, like, three years ago. Like, he, he has even moved on to his new era of whatever he's doing. This sounds like a song that would be done tongue-in-cheek on something like a Big Mouth or, another, or like a Bob's Burgers. Mm. But it's being done fully earnestly. I get it. Yeah. It, it, has, it has grown on me since then. I started off and I was watching this on Saturday and was just like, well, crap, this is the favorite of the bookies. This is going to win. And then we got to the and then we got to the actual scores and it was the first thing that got announced and when they do that first call to get just down to the the top five I was mm-hmm. like yes this is correct it's going to win but then we got to the ones that were actually announced and the first thing through to the finals was Robin Benson I was like mm. oh no now the mamas are going to be in are going to be in the second chance round Sweden mm. do better but then we did the other the other half of it and the mamas are through to the final. And I'm relieved because now this song has to fight for its life in the second chance round. It's going to get through, but I think it has a tougher journey to the win. It's still doing very well in the Spotify rankings. True. But Felix Salmon is no longer top of the bookies. He's still up there because they can fix the performance. That was a that was the thing that was weird about this whole thing. Where like it just felt like the sound was broken or something. Like there, it just did not seem like the polished performance that you would expect from yes and like part of that could just been hockey arena maybe that was it i don't know the internet was like going crazy for the idea of this song yeah for a very long time (laughs) and then we heard the song and we're like oh no yeah well some of us are are going oh no it may just be me going oh no um i was shocked at just how underwhelming it was or yeah no subtext here at all yeah there there was zero subtlety but (laughs) And just like the the contrast between how proud the songwriters are of it and what mm. they made, like it's it's the designer on Project Runway who's just very confident about their evening gown, and then the judges are just like, "This is trash." I heard an interview with uh, John Mayer like several years back, and it was just kind of of the same style where it's just it just kind of set up a rule for me it's like don't ever talk to a songwriter about songwriting because you're just getting earful of like uh (laughs) doubly doubly so if they are trafficking in like big ticket pop Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but like i i like the idea of the message of the song like yes as someone who's read multiple books in the last year about toxic masculinity and all the issues with that cool yes we should have this discussion this is not the song Right. Yes. Or, or this is not the delivery mechanism. This is not. For the it. <laughs> this is not the... In exciting news for this week, one of the contestants has been disqualified because the police are are coming for them, oh, or at no. least they, they have like a police charge. Uh, Thorsten Flick will not be performing his song. His song will continue, but it's going to be sung by Jan Johansson, which feels very Melfest and very. This is a song competition. Yeah, I mean, I I think it like that is what has solidified why I'm just so over Melfest as a concept where it's especially with the, like talking to the songwriters because there were people who were interviewed for multiple songs on Saturday because they they are part of multiple songwriting teams and it just kind of re- removes the personalization 
of of the songs like when you were talking about it in, in your year end uh or decade end wrap up uh of just like the idiosyncratic songs that have been doing well at eurovision like mm-hmm. it you lose that when it's just like oh the person who's singing this song is like under arrest that's okay we'll just get this other guy who kind of fits it it's just like oh greg kinnear is not available give luke mm-hmm. wilson a call see if he's mm-hmm. see if he can he's do not it. busy and, yeah yeah and it's just like all right it, it, it really does give it the factory like the, mm-hmm. the song factory vibe to this that it's just so unappealing and robotic and cold and mm-hmm. it's real cold yeah if the performer is part of the songwriting team i'm more interested in it but if you're just going to be singing a song that was just pulled off the shelf be like oh yeah this seems like a match for your voice so what there are better options throughout europe that are just more more real i guess mm-hmm. and yeah and, yeah so. anyways just to just to wrap this this little part of things <laughs> up the other performers this week clara hammerstrom uh jan johansson has mentioned daughter who has performed who was in Melfest last year, Mendez, who I believe was also Melfest last year, featuring mm-hmm. Alvaro Estrella, Linda Bengsting, who has Melfested before, Paul Ray, and then Anna Bergendahl, who also Melfested last year. So all a lot of last year. Yeah. That's another reason you could kind of get burnt out on this, is that it's the same group of people. Oh, goodness. So, yeah, a lot of stuff that happened this weekend, uh, starting, well, actually, having already started by the time this episode goes live, uh, Italy's San Remo Festival uh, has begun. Uh, it's five nights of performances, uh, as usual. Um, the public it gets to vote every night uh, of the process, so it runs Tuesday through Saturday. Tuesday night and Wednesday night, uh, they're splitting up the field in half, and it's uh, going to be public vote, plus uh, what they call the Demoscopic Jury voting uh that's just like music fans and music experts i think they're watching the performances and they get like special voting powers i'm I'm not entirely sure what the technology is but yeah they they will be casting their votes uh the first two nights on thursday the orchestra and musicians and backing singers they'll get to vote on uh the entries this year uh there are 24 entries in total uh and then on friday the press will vote on all the entries and then saturday for the grand final it's a split between the public vote the press vote the demoscopic vote there's taking averages from the previous nights of voting and a whole bunch of math that's going to be happening behind the scenes don't worry there will be plenty of booing when the results come out and (laughs) uh don't worry everyone will be mad yes yes and uh yeah i'm really looking forward to that they're gonna be be so hungry they're not even gonna appreciate that dua lipa is there Yes, yes. And uh, yeah, like I think it went until like seven o'clock Eastern time. So that's like one in the morning, one, two in the morning. So like it goes late into the night at San Remo. So it's gonna be real late. No one will want to hear Dua Lipa's physical. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's uh, definitely worth checking out if you can. And then we've got a lot of other selections happening oh my gosh so many things this weekend (laughs) yes uh it's like a fun practice for when like 32 things hit us at the start of march Mm. (laughs) yeah so let's just let's just ease into this now the two big decisions for things that are not doing multi-stage processes are australia and latvia so let's start with uh, with australia first because they're first alphabetically Yes, and uh, because and of time zones, they're going to be super early. So, <laughs> yeah. With Australian Latvia, rather than go through like all 2019 songs, how, there are so many songs, mm. uh, it made more sense to to break it down into 
what we what I want to win and what will win. I will go first with Australia. Uh, in looking at the field, there are nice little chunks of of different song styles, and I think as we saw them building their lineup this year, you could see different areas, and like there are a lot of things where it feels like, hello, I am a former winner of The Voice, and I would like to show you that I still have the range for three minutes. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like any of those. Mm. And I think part of it, some of them are just very transparent in that that, that is their aim. Right. And also, Australia did like a really good vocal showcase thing last year. They don't need to do it again. They, don't, they shouldn't pigeonhole themselves. So That's there fair. are things on like the more indie side of things that that attracted me more. So the one that I want to win, although I also have reservations on why I don't think it should win, would be Jaguar Jones's Rabbit Hole. This one is very much Ben Nip. It has like a lot of things going on that match a lot of my my non-Eurovision musical taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really sounds like the Dumb Dumb Girls, which I'm mm-hmm. always happy to have more things that sound like that. The reason I can't quite fully sign on with it being their entry is it feels a little repetitive. Like it needs like another verse. It needs like a different verse or a bridge or something to not just be the same thing for three minutes. Yeah. Although I really want to see how they stage this because I think if they stage it and it's fun, that will that will boost their their odds. Really, I think that's going to be the deciding factor in this year's contest is the staging. And I guess that was sort of the case last year too. But like particularly with the way that these entries have shaken out, it's mm-hmm. I, I think there is a lot of strong staging potential, and that's probably going to make it or break the success here uh which kind of leads into my want to win uh which i also am like 90 percent on board with even though it is my own choice but uh i i would like mitch tambos together to take this no we don't have to fight we don't have to Yeah, I can see that. It's checking a lot of boxes for me. Like, I like the Mm -hmm. fact that it is introducing a new language to the Eurovision stage. I like that it's using indigenous instrumentation. I think it's Eurovision-y enough, but not too much. Like, it's like it has a very positive message, but I don't think it's cloying. Okay, but I say that. There's still this kind of undercurrent of Disney-ness. Oh, yeah, it, no. That... Like, it, it feel, I was about to say, it feels a little Disney to me. Like, specifically, it feels like the Phil Collins stuff for the Tarzan movie. Oh, yes. 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 Yeah. Like, it, it, like it, it feels like you'll be in my heart. Okay, yeah. And there's nothing I... wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But also, it's, like, slightly too saturated for me. I'm almost disappointed by this one because no, have it like he was one of the ones as these artists got released. I was so excited about because yeah. he's mixing a lot of the indigenous influences with modern beats, and it feels like this is nice, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's lacking a certain edge. I was hoping to see from Australia, but I think it has such strong staging potential that mm-hmm. that might overcome the Disneyness of it and unless it ends up becoming like the like opening number of the lion king or something it's like well oh, yeah, no, it can, don't, it could don't, totally don't go do that, that. 
I'm hopeful for this one, but like I said, I'm about 90% of the way there. The one that I think will win, like I was looking at the stuff that as I was going through the playlist that we built on Spotify, that made me pull out my phone to see who is this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because like when Jaguar Jones popped up, I knew exactly who this was because I'd listened to their other singles and was like, yes, this is clearly them. They have a very strong idiosyncratic presence. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and like the other two that did it for me, like one that that almost made it for me was was Jordan Robbie's Pushing Stars. Mm. Like, because I went on like a weird like rant a few like a few shows ago about how how there were too many like blank Scott talent people in this lineup. Mm-hmm. This one I was I was like pleasantly surprised. Is like so Jordan Ravi was on America's Got Talent of all things, and he did he essentially got rejected in like the early stages. But like this is a really nice. It was a really nice, surprising song, but the one that like stood out to me more uh, was Montaigne's "Don't Break Me." It still feels very idiosyncratic to who she is as a performer, but also feels like it's universal enough to to be a eurovision entry there's yes. just enough to it as a pop song where it's like oh yeah this this is eurovision this is not just something i would hear on the radio yeah our friends over at aussie vision uh held a poll what people think are is going to win uh at uh australia decides and don't break me was the winner of that poll i believe it's also the top of the bookies poll uh right now um for what's going to win okay good that like that my internal thermometer for like how this would do is not off then i don't yeah. look at any of that my only concern with this song is listening to the track the there's a lot of vocal production that's mm-hmm. happening and I, I think it might just be like vocal sweetening i don't think it's like auto-tune or uh anything to that degree like i i'm i am sure she can sing this song i'm i'm just worried that as a live performance some of the vibrato or like the audible quirks like mm-hmm. might get lost but i don't know like it, it could sound amazing live and i i think if it sounds amazing live i'm pretty confident in this one yeah this this was going to be like my will win uh if you had not picked it so um yeah the uh the one that i have as my backup was vanessa amorosi's lessons of love I think a lot of that is just because this was the runner-up in uh, the Aussie Vision poll. Uh, it, it's it, it just seems to be checking a lot of the boxes of pop that can work at Eurovision. Um, like I, I I feel like it's different enough from the message songs that are in this field that mm-hmm. makes it a little bit more accessible or um, approachable. I guess. Yeah. So. Yeah. There are, there are a lot of message songs in this bunch. Yeah, yeah, and some of them are just so it, it's it feels more like you're working through your own stuff and I don't know if Eurovision is the right crucible to be working through your personal mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So like good for you for that personal growth but also yes, not now. Yeah. It should be a good show. I'm I think I I am not going to be watching it live because it'll be on at like 4.30 a.m. Eastern time yes, on Saturday. I, I will also be <laughs> in bed on Saturday, sleeping soundly. But I yeah. will definitely look for some YouTube clips later. 
Yes. And, uh, yeah. and I'm hoping that it's uh, they do what they did last year where they had the jury show uh, Friday night Australia time and then uh, put the clips online so that people could start voting on them. And uh, then, yeah, I'll be able to watch it Friday evening at my leisure rather yes. than yes, uh, yes. pretending to wake up at 3.30 because that is not going to happen. So <laughs> two quick shout outs before we move on. Uh I would like to thank Diana Ruvis for coming up with a perfect song to stick underneath a, a montage of clips from The Good Place. Mm-hmm. And then also, if you had asked me, if you'd given me these 10 songs and said, which one do you think that the person who played the guitar it, the, that shot flames in the Mad Max movies wrote, I would definitely pick Iota's song. So mm. good on you for being exactly that person. All right. Way to stay on brand. So <laughs> speaking of on brand, let's talk about Latvia's supernova field for this year. <laughs> Latvia uh, is continuing with the supernova process, uh, but they've really trimmed it down from uh, what it once was. It is now just the single national final with nine songs competing. Jury selected these songs from a field of 28 or so entries that did on an audition round. The winner will be determined by combination of uh, jury and public vote and streaming plays and yeah there's there's a lot of math that'll be involved in this one as well but uh yeah we're gonna do the same thing uh what we want to win and what we think will win um so i'll start with the want to win i'm going with the song that i think is kind of goofy but kind of fun and at least has the most meme potential and that is anna's polyester t-shirts in all the colors need more what will i wear next summer t-shirts for just one dollar need more fantasize hey next season time to buy there's just something that's just very nice to have in the background and Mm -hmm. it, it it like I said, it, it just feels very on brand for Latvia. Like I've become such a Latvia stand uh, after they spent so much of the 2010s in the wilderness, but I have no idea how this song is going to do. I hope it does well. I would be shocked if it won, but delighted if it did. So it, it jumped out to me when I was watching the the auditions. Mm-hmm. But the more I the more I think about it, the more I'm like, is it actually trying to make it social commentary, or am I just projecting that onto it because I because the song is kind of goofy and fun, and I would like it to have slightly more substance. Yeah, yeah. And that... I haven't decided that yet, but yeah. I would like to see. Yeah, I'm also not sure I would like it to win, but I would like to see it do well and not be at the bottom of the thing. Yes, yes. So, uh, fingers crossed on that one. Uh, ben, which one did you pick? Uh, the one that was my want to win. Uh, is one where I get to like be a be a Eurovision hipster and be like I like it, but I liked it in the original language better. Mm. Uh, and it's Katarina Dimanta's Heartbeats. Meet you on the street. Boom boom wapadaba boom boom heartbeats. Boom boom wapadaba that's how my heart beats. Boom boom wapadaba boom boom heartbeats. Which for about a week, uh, Heartbeats was not available in English on Spotify. All that was there was Peepars. And Peepars oh. is very fun. Okay. And at first, uh, my, my first thought was like, oh, this is a good draft of the song, but you should really get it out to three minutes. But no, I think it's very nicely timed. It's like only about two minutes and like 25 seconds. Hmm. When we were doing our, our recap show where we were going back through like the last 10 years of Eurovision, uh, I found myself liking a lot more of the very folky things. And this is a very folky thing. Yes. And what what 
pleasantly surprised me is that so Katarina DeManto was part of the group that did Cake to Bake, which I did not like, but I really enjoy this song. Like it's it's very fun. It's kind of very free flowing, and it's not it's not your standard like verse chorus verse very right. heavily produced pop song it's it's very folky it's and it's kind of fun and it feels like it has good staging potential of like if you you could do something very exuberant that kind of plays up this this sort of stream of consciousness this is how my heart beats you, you could have fun with it i think it was cake to bake that was kind of my turning point on latvia because i i did really enjoy that song it, it wasn't a great song and i'm not surprised that it didn't qualify but uh yeah it's like oh okay maybe maybe i can forgive latvia for its past sins and because they they had some real dogs uh they, they early yeah on, so they, they had a real uh, rough patch yeah yeah so i'm glad to hear that she's back in the mix so um yeah i like that choice what did you pick as your will win i picked edgar's Krellis's tritamite it's maybe a little bit more towards the formulaic side ballad wise but like mm-hmm. it, it's nice i like what's i like what it's going for i've liked his entries in the past i think this is his third or fourth time doing supernova and i've al- i've always rooted for him every time that he's competed like his 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 songs are solid i i would be delighted if this one won this is a very interesting field uh like i, I think there are a number of contenders there or at least contenders for latvia like latvia's mm-hmm. still kind of in the wilderness right now uh, cause yeah cause it, i feel it, like some of the things that i really liked from the audition round didn't make this right didn't make the cut Mm-hmm. It seems like Latvia is just really sticking to the brand of being kind of the like coffee house of Europe, which I think is why I ended up picking Celeste's Like Me. It feels like it's sort of maintaining that coffee house jazz vocal vibe but the the instrumentation of it is like feels a little bit more modern and i really like the structure of this song i i think it needs another lyrics pass uh if this were to win the competition but i think it's it's really solid and it's kicking off the show so i think i think it's in a strong position and it it leaves a good first impression to me Okay, I had very different thoughts about this one. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, like, I, just the combination of things the instrumentation is doing mm-hmm. don't work for me. Like, there okay. is, there's some vocal sampling stuff. There's kind of, like, a weird MIDI country backbeat going on. Right. The lyrics are just very confusing. Like, it, it enters, like, the weird kind of cl- ending of clue, one plus two plus two plus one. No. One oh. plus two plus, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, of, of whether you want to be like me or or not mm-hmm. or or yes i just just this one just like made my skin crawl just, oh, like, wow. I don't like okay. it. just yeah there's just so many there are just too many disparate elements that just kind of don't really mix together uh mm. just kind of oil and water in that there are layers but they don't really go with one another i agree with you and he's another pass on the lyrics and maybe some mixing just to because there yeah. are so many elements there are so many elements I guess we've reached the consensus of we have no idea what is going to happen um, in Latvia. <laughs> uh, just like, just I am clearly, yeah, just like I am 
not Latvian. I do not know what they're going to pick. I look forward to being surprised. Yeah, and I I think that might be what I enjoy most about Supernova, where it's just like you go in, it's like, oh yeah, it's probably going to be this one. It's like, oh wow, I was completely wrong, but still like the outcome. So <laughs> fingers crossed on that. Uh, and that final will be airing at 2.25 uh, Saturday, uh, 2.25 Eastern time. Looking ahead to other things that are happening in addition to all of the things we've talked about, the Malta X Factor finale is, is this Saturday. Destiny is still in the mix after the semifinal she won Junior Eurovision for Malta in 2015, and just from video clips I've seen, that was part of the reason where I'm like, Australia, you don't need to send someone who's going to do a vocal powerhouse thing because it looks like Malta has that covered. Mm. You want to stand out, don't do what Malta's doing, send something fresh. Yeah. Um, Ukraine semifinal one is on Saturday. Yay! Uh, Vidbeer should be fun this year, uh, It's or, or at least contentious. It can be both. <laughs> yeah, it can, it, can, it can be both. Sometimes it's very fun. Eight entries will compete. Three will move on. Iceland semifinal one is happening. I still have to dig through. I still have to go and listen to those to figure out who I'm rooting for this year. Anyways, mm. uh, that's also happening on the eighth. Five entries will compete. Two will, two will definitely move on. One might get through if the producers decide they want to have a field of five. But they, they do that every year. Uh, and then Poland, round two of their process, will be happening on the ninth. We, we, we love a country doing a thing on a Sunday. Thank you, Poland. Yes, thank you. Uh, although, uh, <laughs> so, like, I had intended to at least try to check in on Poland's first heat. And, like, I'm expecting it to be just like any other uh, Eurovision show where it's like, oh, yeah, just something I'll, like, tune in uh, in the afternoon. Uh, not realizing that it is an afternoon show in Poland, as in, like, afternoon Warsaw time. So uh, I get home from the gym, like, Sunday morning, and go, oh, I should check to see what time it's on. And the first article I see uh, says, like, oh, this person won uh, their heat. It's like, oh, they're done already? What what time is it? <laughs> so uh, Everyone yeah, performed if, three seconds of their favorite ABBA hit. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so um, if, if you want to tune in, uh, it, and it may also be geoblocked like i did not even have an opportunity to try to watch this because i was just so completely blindsided by it but uh i believe it's on at like nine uh either nine or nine fifteen uh in the morning eastern time so okay um, yeah, so yeah. roll out of bed pour yourself a bowl of cereal and watch some polish tv Yes, exactly. Uh, and this week will be Eurovision week, and uh, some of the songs will include some previous Eurovision winners, as well as uh, Genghis Khan. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kind of impressed because like some of, some of the songs are like in other languages. So you've got Genghis Khan, which I presume is going to be the German version, and Amar Pelos Dois. Uh, so uh, somebody's singing Portuguese. So uh, have fun with that. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of the Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Your What Podcast is hosted by Mike McComb, that's me, and Ben Smith. That's me. You can find us on our website at eurowhat.com and on Twitter and Instagram at eurowhat. We'd love to hear your comments, questions, and topics we should talk about in future episodes. You can subscribe to the Your What on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast app of your choice. Be sure to check out our Spotify playlist inspired by this episode and our full selection season playlist. We're almost up to 200 songs and we're just getting started. Uh, uh, we'll be back next week to try to make sense of what's new in Eurovision. 